0: Pain and pleasure from a, a neurochemical level, right, in our brain, operate in a cycle. So if you pursue pleasure, your body's gonna initiate pain. And pain comes into like feeling of hopelessness, the lack of meaning in life, anxiety, depression. Those are pains that's associated with chasing short-term pleasure. If you chase pain, though, on a daily basis, pain being doing difficult things, getting a cold plunge going to the gym, having a hard, intense workout, sitting down for 90 minutes of intense, deep work on creating a project, or writing a book, or launching a podcast. Painful in the moment, right? Not pain like you got stabbed, but shit, I don't know what the hell I'm doing right now, I gotta figure this stuff out. When you pursue pain, your body produces pleasure.
1: listening to the Art of Kings podcast show, where our mission is to change the world through men's development. If you're interested in mastering self, building generational wealth, and creating an impactful legacy, then be sure to hit subscribe and join the strongest family on the face of the earth. Peace family, welcome to another episode of the Art of Kings podcast show. As always, I'm your host, Sion Stevens, and I'm joined with a very special guest who I will announce momentarily. But first, if you're not already subscribed to the podcast, pause this episode, be sure to subscribe, turn on those notifications, because I would not want you guys to miss a single one of our episodes. We drop valuable episodes every single Tuesday. And again, I don't want you to miss a single one. But without further ado, my guest for today, founder of Rebuilt Recovery and host of the Superhuman Life podcast, Frank Rich. Frank, how we doing, bro?
0: Good, brother. Good to be here, man. I appreciate uh,
1: the invite. Yeah, for sure. Honored to have you. Honored to sit and talk with you today. I'm really excited for today's conversation. I think it's going to be super valuable for the audiences.
0: Let's hope so, man.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. So if you want to just, for, for any of our guests who are not familiar with you or the work that you do, if you want to just give them a, be- a brief little background of who you are, what you do, and yeah, we'll start from there.
0: Yeah, man, Um, I appreciate uh, the opportunity here today. You know, you mentioned a couple things there, Uh, CEO and founder of Rebuilt Recovery and host of the Supreme Life podcast. You know, our company, what I like to say is our mission is to help men become better men by quitting porn and rebuilding their lives. So yeah, we are a coaching organization that's, uh, you know, gives a lot of free content out there, Uh, but we have coaching, uh, coaching programs, courses, Books readily available for the guys that are, you know, really struggling with a compulsive uh, and behavioral addiction with porn and masturbation. Um, You know, the podcast originally started, I launched it in July 2019. Um, After my own, I say, 20 year addiction to pornography, it probably really escalated around the 10-year mark, so I struggled you know, with, with my own issues, right, and, and probably for a long time I wasn't really aware of the dangers of what I was doing to my mental health, my emotional health, my spiritual health. Um, you know, a series of events led me in 2018 to coming to my faith. That's a big catalyst for a lot of the things that we're doing here. Was finding my faith in late 2018, um, and then realizing that I was addicted to porn uh, towards the end of 2018, and and getting that under control. Uh, um, you know, kind of the signature sobriety date that I point to was February 14th of 2019. That was when I really felt like I was beginning to get this thing under control. That led to you know a couple months of what you know we call a kind of reboot or reset. Where literally your brain is healing, and as your brain heals, you start to see the world a whole lot differently. You start to see people differently. You're no longer objectifying every woman, but in reality, Sion, I started to see myself in the world and kind of the role that I played a whole lot differently. So that led me to launching the podcast. You know, initially the podcast was really a passion. Uh, it was about raising awareness um documenting my own stories, sharing other people's trials and tribulations. And we just wanted to do, put good out there into the world, much like you're doing here, right? Um, you know, six, seven months goes by, we had, you know, some initial success, uh, with the podcast, we got picked up obviously by Apple. Uh, they put us on their front page, new and noteworthy that got us some traction early on with the show. What was interesting though, at, at the time I'd been running a, an online fitness company and, uh, You know, what was what was interesting is over the course of the first couple months with the podcast, the messages I started to receive socially and through the DMs changed from Frank, thank you for your fitness tips, thank you for these workouts, I'm getting jacked. All that stuff is great. And you know, I still love if somebody sends me those messages today, right? Uh, but what was interesting is, as the men started to reach out and say, "Frank, thank you for the vulnerability. Thank you for having these conversations." If I think back in 2019 and 2020, there weren't a lot of guys like yourself that would be open to having this conversation. And I feel like I played a role in maybe raising some of the awareness and the acceptance of it, right? But back then, a couple of years ago, like it wasn't at the level of awareness, and it's still not where I think it needs to be today. So as guys started to reach out and say, "Frank, thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for having these conversations." Then they started to say, Frank, can you help me? And this was, you know, January of 2020, like pre-pandemic, like a completely different world than we live in today, right? Uh, and at the time, man, you know, I was running the fitness business, you know, we were we were doing okay there. I was really entrenched in helping to build and scale a marketing agency as well. So I didn't think initially I was going to create a you know a coaching company and help guys overcome pornography. I thought maybe just having the conversation would be enough. But after getting enough messages and requests and having some conversations with, you know, the, the meaningful people in my life, mentors, coaches, guys that I kind of look to to help me process issues and and, and and help kind of, you know, come up with solutions, they said, Frank, there's something out here for you. You know, God didn't take you through, you know, this journey. He didn't help you overcome this thing in your life for you to keep this just to yourself. So January 28th of 2020, you know, was, was our kind of like... I say soft launch date of Rebuild Recovery, that's the day we kind of took on our first couple of clients. Um, And then, you know, these last three, three and a half plus years, like it's really been focused on perfecting our curriculum. You know, we've done over a thousand plus consultations. We've had over four 500 students uh, through our coaching program. Um, Many, many successful stories, many restored marriages, many men that feel like they've become alive for the first time. Um, So yeah, that's what I do, man. You know, I'm a uh, a men's men's coach, Uh, you know, I don't want to say I'm an addiction recovery specialist, although I am. I think a lot of our work is integrated with fitness, lifestyle, health, recovery. All of that is kind of, in in my eyes, integrated into one. I do say here at Rebuilt Recovery, we have the only fully integrated and holistic-based growth-centric approach to pornography. We can unpack any of that that you want, but yeah, that's what I do that's that's what we're about and and hopefully we can bring some value and awareness to that conversation today
1: yeah for sure man i'm looking forward to that so you already know man if the superhuman life and the art of kings collaborate gotta be a powerful episode we gotta be talking about some powerful stuff man well we want to jump into and i really want to talk about and it's kind of you know using the title of your podcast and what we do but becoming a superhuman and that's what i want this episode to really be about how can we encourage our listeners or how can we give listeners the value to then become modern day superhumans right and it's so funny and interesting when you think about like a modern day superhuman you're like what does that what does that look like because the whole time while i'm drafting this episode and while i'm thinking about what we're going to speak about i kept like slipping up and saying the word superhero i'm like superhero modern day superhero And in a way, I think it's the, I think it's a very similar thing. And so for our listeners, right, becoming superhuman for me, what I want to encourage our listeners to do and what I really think it's so important for us to speak about is being the kind of man who no matter where you go, what room you step into, you're always going to have some sort of impact, you're always going to leave it a little bit better than the way that you found it before and you know that's not just in a social setting, but even in your household, with your family, you are just that source of power, that source of impact. And it's not contingent on anything else but the sheer nature and essence of who you are, the work that you've done, the the, the core values that you you know walk strongly in every single day, right? It's nothing, it has nothing to do with the external things, but only based on those things. And for me, that's a superhuman, like you could drop that person wherever on earth and they're going to have their impact. They're going to be noticed. They're going to be, you know, that powerful person that, you know, people are like, "Wow, like this is, you know, a strong man, a strong individual." And so I want to jump into that. I want the conversation to be around that because obviously we'll get we'll get so deep, you know, we'll get deeper into why this is so important, but just briefly it's so important because as we spoke about briefly on our call before leading up to this, there is so much negativity and ego and just so many things that kind of plague the world as we know it right now. And I think men becoming supermen and superhumans are one of the strongest soldiers or some of the strongest soldiers or generals or whatever that we can build and unify or or unite together to fight these issues that we see and to fight the negativity and low frequency behaviors and tendencies, as I call it. That have plagued the earth. And I think that we play such a huge role in that, which is why it's important for all of us to reach that superhuman status.
0: Yeah, man. Um, I mean, it's a great way to start today's conversation, right? You know, and it's interesting because I've had 215 215 episodes. Of the Superman Life podcast, and this is a question I end every single episode with: is what is your definition? So I was, you know, I've had 215 different people, experts in various realms, uh, experts in, in in addiction, in, in biohacking, and science, in entrepreneurship, and men's development. Like we've we 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 we've covered a vast array of topics. So I've been able to to hear so many different responses. And what's been interesting for me is the evolution of my understanding of what I believe a superhuman life to be has massively evolved over the last four and a half years. I'll be honest, man. When I initially came up with the title, like I didn't really put a whole lot of thought into it. I'll tell you kind of where where it came from. It. So I've wanted to start a podcast for five years, probably. I can remember attending Lewis Howells' Summit of Greatness in 2016. Um, I had been listening to his show for a couple years already at that point. Like this is early adopter of podcasts. Most people like 2015 wouldn't even know what a podcast is if you asked them. Um, so it's always been a type of content and something that i felt closely connected to. I don't know. There's something about being able to listen to two people, have a conversation, almost like you're in there with them. And that's for me, like my favorite shows would be like, oh yeah, I would have said this thing and I can see how there's some similarities. But for me, the initial title of the show came out of my experience through my recovery. So for me, it wasn't like overcoming pornography addiction was my pathway to success. I had success prior to breaking free from a pornography addiction. I was a competitive bodybuilder at a somewhat high level, uh, you know, I've had many friends that have taken it to levels that I would never be able to probably get to, but it was something that like 0.001% of the world would be able to do the things that I've done physically with my body. I've also had some success in, in, in business, both in the corporate realm in leadership type positions and holding executive roles, very young in, in my life, um, having some financial success there. And I've also had some success in the entrepreneurship in business world. Now, getting on the other side of pornography addiction, for me, what I talked about in my intro, right, I started to see the world differently. I started to see myself differently. It was like, okay, if I could do these things while being shackled to this pornography addiction, once I've unleashed those those hinges, right, that's the Superman life that I was talking about back in 2019. Now, it's evolved over the years. Obviously, our show has evolved with the type of conversations that we have. For, For me, when I talk about living a Superman life today, It's a belief system. It's it's a way that I try to show up in the world and how I try to operate on a day to day basis. And this can be for men. This can be for women or this can just be for any person that is that is struggling to find their way in life, because I think a lot of people live life aimlessly. They don't really have a clear definition of who they are and how they want to show up and who they want to be in the world. They just accept what other people tell them, whether that's society whether that's religion, whether that's their parents, whether that's the people that tell them they can't be certain things. They just accept that. For me, defining the Supreme Life as a belief system enables me to have a framework in how I try to operate in, in the world. And the belief system comes from I talked about a lot of the work that I do now is rooted in my faith. So coming to my faith in 2018 has been very foundational for me and it it, it is the cornerstone of my life. So, Superman Life is believing first that you are here for a purpose. There's a calling. There's a reason why Frank Ridge is living in 2023 today. The same with you, the same with every single person hearing this show. You're not here by accident. It's not a random collection of molecules. There is something that you're here to do. So believing that first sets the foundation for living a Superman life. Now, the superhuman aspect of that comes in the development of whatever that purpose is. So I believe a part of my purpose is to lead guys to living more complete, better lives of themselves. Right, and I think that pulls on experiences that I've had, but also God-given gifts, the ability to articulate certain messages, the ability to really inspire others to initiate change in their life. Some of this I've developed, some of this I believe is just innately who I am. So I'm here for a reason to lead guys to a living a better, more fulfilling life, and I'm going to leverage that by developing the skills that God has given me. So I put a lot of work into my communication. I put a lot of work into my leadership. I put a lot of work into understanding how to initiate behavioral changes in people. So when you take God-given purpose paired with relentless pursuit of development of those skills to then bring that purpose to the world in service of others, that's my definition of living a superhuman life. So. I don't know if that kind of lines with, you know, the question that you asked there, but I I think it obviously is is, is a necessary one for men, right? That's what this conversation in podcast is really about, helping level guys up in, in their life. So many of us, and this was me for 25 years, despite financial success, despite bodybuilding success, despite any of the other things I was doing, I was living aimlessly. Like, there was no clear direction of what I was doing outside of the things that made Frank feel really, really good. When i was able to shift that and then say okay you're good at bodybuilding how does that help others you're good at leadership and communication and development of teams and helping inspire others to create change in their life how does that actually make the world a better place so it's not saying if you're if you like doing certain things that make you feel good that you need to stop doing those things this is something i've had to kind of wrestle with my own my own journey but it's like okay these things ignite a passion inside of me. How do I leverage these things over here to make the world a better place? In essence, so everybody can become superhuman. So yeah, that's kind of been you know my you know journey, articulation, evolution of what living a superhuman life has really been. And I talk about five kind of key areas. You know, I think if a guy places emphasis in his faith, it. You know, It doesn't have to be faith in christ faith in god but faith in something right like there's there's got to be something that is beyond you that you root your belief system in so faith comes first number two is your fitness and fitness is not just the physical development obviously i'm a bodybuilder i do believe in some aesthetic look to physique just there's something masculine and and strong about that but that's not everybody but fitness is your emotional fitness your physical to fitness your your uh your spiritual fitness your mental fitness really checking those boxes Number three is going to be your family. So, faith, I'm sorry, number three is finances. Faith, fitness, finances. This is what are you doing to earn a living? What are you doing to produce goods? And then also, how are you leveraging that? How are you stewarding the money? Fourth pillar is going to be your family. Family is going to be your immediate home. But for a lot of the guys that I work with, these are guys that are in their early 20s. I myself don't have a family. I'm not married and kids. I have you know, an extended family, niece, nephews, brother, sister, parents, but also the family of rebuilt Recovery, the family of the community that I'm in, the family of the church. So when I talk about family, it's really your your social circle, the people that you interact with on a day-to-day basis. Pay attention to that. Be intentional about the people that you have in your life. You know, they say you're a product of the five people you spend the most life with or most time with. I believe that statement to be fundamentally true. So most guys, and this was me in my 20s, like I hung out with the guys that fed into my ego, the guys that would want to go do parties with me, the guys that would want to, you know pick up chicks like yeah there was a season in my life where maybe that made sense but for somebody that wants to actually pursue greatness you got to be around people that are usually a step or two ahead of you and are gonna challenge you to level up and then the fifth pillar we talk about is freedom you know obviously as somebody that works in addiction I believe free being free of sin free of vice. but freedom is also being intentional about what you do with your non working hours on a daily basis you know they say on average you know human beings spend somewhere between two to two and a half hours of like self-care this is like eating washing do, doing these little things if we work for eight hours we sleep for eight hours now we're about 18 hours 20 hours a day what are you doing with those additional four to six hours of your life, Are you mindlessly scrolling social media? 90% of the population is. And when you're not mindlessly scrolling social media, are you losing yourself in Netflix? Or are you intentional about that time to develop the skills to bring the, the purpose of your life to the world in service of others? That can be reading books, listening to great podcasts, having intentional conversations, getting in networking events. And every once in a while, throw the Netflix on. Right, that could be a self-care as well. Is I actually want to have some entertainment. So the life isn't about removing the fun things. It's about living intentionally in every aspect, in every area of your life.
1: Yeah, yo, I love so many of the things that you just said, and I wanna, I wanna talk a little bit about. I wanna touch on all, all five of them. I actually had a little bit, um, or oh, I was, I was definitely going to touch on a few specifically, fitness and finances, which are two of the topics that we I feel don't speak on as much as some of the others on the podcast or at least in recent episodes so I wanted to kind of bring those back to back to topic but just in terms of everything that you were saying and even with the freedom right I want to start there really quickly because there was something that you said about freedom that was really key and that really made me think about how most of society is really functioning, right? So those people who are screen sucking and who are just on social media for that remaining four or five hours that they have of free time, or are just using that only to watch Netflix and really don't have any further direction than kind of the mundane lifestyle that they're going through, the average mediocre kind of just pursuit of, you know, the job and then the screen sucking, go to sleep, repeat every single day. And it's kind of just a life... Uh, aimless life without purpose those are the people for the most part who you will hear complain about so many different things in life uh, the government is not going this way on uh, inflation uh, like a million different excuses like you could talk to these people a million different excuses as to why they're not seeing growth in their life as to why these things are happening so when i hear you talk about freedom and you include it in one of the five f's i think a lot of people when they initially will hear something like this it's like, how can I be free when I live in this kind of governmental system? How can I be free when things are happening around me, Like, right? That's the mindset that so many people will have. And that's something that has never sat well with me. It frustrates me like beyond belief because it's just like, how can you put so much power in everything but yourself? Like, it's incredible to me how quickly people will diminish their own power and their own self-worth by just saying, like, I can't do this because this is happening. Well, shouldn't you be more powerful than the thing that is external like have more faith in yourself understand that again you are here for a purpose that you are powerful that you are strong and so I think that that freedom comes from if the in like internal freedom is an internal feeling there's so many of us or so many people who are who are mistaking their lack of freedom for what's happening around them when it's really a self-imposed Limitation, And that can be through multiple forms. And I, I want to use that to kind of segue into into vices and different things of that nature, which I know. Yeah. Definitely-
0: yeah. And, you know, first off, let's be let's be honest, though, right? Like some of those things are true, right? Inflation is a real thing. You know, I think it's what the average American right now spends nine thousand more dollars per year just to live at the same level. So I don't want to have a conversation and, and, and not point to actually some of that shit is happening. But if all of your time and focus and energy on a daily basis is spent focusing on that problem, for one, maybe that's a problem you're here to fix, right? Right. So I talked previously, like a part of the Superman life is you're here for a reason. I recognized in 2019 that there was a massive hole in the awareness of understanding pornography addiction. In reality, there weren't a lot of, there was not a single guy in the space that I looked at and said, you know what? If I was a young man and I was struggling, he would inspire me. And that's and that's and that's maybe gonna hurt some people that are friends of mine i love these guys i brought a lot of i brought a lot of colleagues onto my podcast to give them a platform because i i know for one frank rich is not for everybody but none of those guys were inspiring me so i said you know what there's a problem in the world i may be the person that's going to be able to to solve it so instead of saying ah oh, man you know what i struggle for porn- pornography addiction my dad never you know my dad never had a conversation with me there were no real men talking about this and this is why i wasted 15 years of my life consuming this shit. i said you know what i'm aware of this as a massive problem i actually believe i can solve it so for the guy out there that is constantly thinking about all this shit or whatever it's like hey either don't talk about it or, or or do something about it but that's that's that over there let's let's move on to maybe add some you know." Hopefully, something that could help somebody, right? Because you talk about these screen-sucking people—they're spending four or six hours a day. I get it because, you, you, like, you're, you're caught up in it and you're not able to see outside of yourself. I would say, if you're listening to this conversation, though, you're looking for something that's going to like initiate change in your life. There's a great documentary on Netflix that I encourage most people to watch. Oh, as we're talking about don't lose your life on Netflix, here's one that will actually educate you. It's called The Social Dilemma. And it's and it's breaking down and giving people an insight and understanding of how these platforms work. And there's a couple powerful quotes. One of them that really shook me was that if there's a product in your life that you're consuming for free, you must understand that you are the product. Okay, what that means is social media. Instagram is free. Unless you pay for the, you know, the blue check mark. YouTube is free unless you pay for the premium service. Facebook is free. TikTok is free. Well, these are four of the biggest companies in the world. How do they become the biggest companies in the world giving away their product for free Mm. because we are their product, our eyeballs, our attention. So every third swipe on social media, you're, you're presented with an ad, right? And that ad is now you're being monetized through the platform to that other company. So these, these platforms are literally set up and designed in a way to keep you on there as long as possible. So if you know that it's like, okay, if I find myself mindlessly scrolling for 30 minutes a day, I've fallen into the system, right? You want to go out there and, and you want to bitch about the government and inflation and all this shit, right? Well, social media, if you're giving them six hours of your day, You're basically feeding into the same thing that you're crying over here and talking about. So, so cut that, right? You know, um, so understanding that you are being monetized every single minute, second that you're on these platforms should make you realize, okay, if people are using this to make money, if I'm being monetized, is there a way for me to leverage social media for good, right? I'm not against social media. I built a multi six figure year business through nothing but social media. So I believe it can actually be an incredible source for good, but it's how you use it. Are you using it or is it using you? And if you want to figure out a way to use it, there's I mean, there's an endless amount of ways to make money on social media, right? You know, you could do content that produces ads. You could sell affiliate products. I mean, we, I don't know if we want to get into that conversation of how to monetize it, but I think it's recognizing and understanding like this thing is using me or I could use it for good. but. In reality, like sometimes you just got to have the tough, hard conversation with yourself and being like, I'm not where I want to be. Let me re and in and a lot of times. This is actually accepting that first. It's, it's saying, Hey, you know what? Like I'm no longer going to be the victim in my life. Like we're all, we all live in the same inflation. We all live in the same government system. We are living in the same 2023 right now. Like, and there's millions of people that are crushing it and succeeding right? Do they have something that these people over here don't? Yes. It's their mindset. And that's it. They don't have certain skill sets. Maybe they've developed certain skill sets. They don't have innate abilities. Like they're the same human beings, right? It's just, they have a different mindset. So it's got to start with no longer being a victim. And I think that is probably the biggest plague that is is facing the world right now is this victimhood, victim mentality. And here's the thing, social media will actually feed into it, right, because I was having this conversation with somebody at the gym literally yesterday about two bodybuilders that train at the gym. One's a man, one's a female. Both in the last three days went on social media and were crying about the world that we currently live in. These are grown men, like going on social media, and you know why they do it? Because the same people that they are is going to like it and comment and be like, hey, it's going to be okay. So it makes you feel good. You know what actually feels good is doing the shit that's hard because on the other side of it, you feel good. Is inspiring others. is developing your God-given skills and passions to then bring that to the service of others. So it's this chemical, like a lot of this is chemical. And if we can understand that, like, okay, I'm chasing short-term immediate hits of pleasure, right? Every swipe, every every porn, whatever it is, every, every swig of any vice, right? It's short-term immediate pleasure. Okay, pain and pleasure from a a neurochemical level, right? In our brain, operate in a cycle. So if you pursue pleasure, your body's gonna initiate pain. And pain comes into like feeling of hopelessness, the lack of meaning in life, anxiety, depression. Those are pains that's associated with chasing short-term pleasure. If you chase pain, though, on a daily basis, pain being doing difficult things, getting a cold plunge, going to the gym, having a hard, intense workout, sitting down for 90 minutes of intense, deep work on creating a project or writing a book or launching a podcast. Painful in the moment, right? Not pain like you got stabbed, but shit, I don't know what the hell I'm doing right now. I gotta figure this stuff out. When you pursue pain, your body produces pleasure because on the other side of doing hard work will actually be releases of dopamine and all these other neurochemicals that actually make us feel alive and in time. So it's realizing like you are in control of your biology, you are literally in control of these neurochemicals. You can chase the short-term pleasure and have your body give you pain on the back end, or you could chase a short-term pain for a short while—hard workout, ice bath—and then your body's going to give you pleasure. So, yeah, we can get into hacking any of that if you want, but hopefully that answers your question.
1: Nah, yeah, for sure. I like so <laughs> just to kind of just add on to that, but a, actually, like, kind of like a follow-up question, right? Because one of the things that frustrates me, right, is those. There are guys who will go, like, I can achieve all of the things that we're talking about right now, um, in terms of like finance stuff, the like whatever it is that will be like socially looked at as this dude is he, he's he he made it. He's uh, you know, like he's doing well. Like whatever it is, like I can achieve that status to the eye while still holding on to the vices, while still watching porn, while still eating terribly while still doing like all these other things and you will have some guys who are you know maybe doing decently financially like how you like how you were before you said that you you know found faith and you were still watching porn and different things like that and I think that there's a lot of men who are in that kind of phase and will hear something like this and be like I can continue to go on the way that I'm that I'm currently living right and so my question is if any of those people are listening right now what would you say to
0: them they can or they are i would ask i would ask the follow-up question you can do these things or you are doing these things because if you can and you're not then why aren't you right <laughs> okay. right right like are you just speaking in terms of like i can do these things but i'm deciding not to well then don't say you can like but if you are doing those things here's the thing man is you know how many millionaires i talk to every single week a lot of them a lot you know how many of them are struggling in life right now so yeah you can create financial success that doesn't mean you're going to be fulfilled so i guess it's i guess it's understanding like what is your aim in life what are you shooting at are you shooting at financial success seven figures in the bank account if that's all you're shooting for Go do it, man. I know a lot of those guys. I know guys that got 100 million in the bank. Like, they're no different. Shake their hand, they, they they sweat the same, they bleed the same, they take the same. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if all you're chasing is monetary success, go for that. But are you chasing fulfillment? Are you chasing actually understanding the reason that you're on this earth? Mm-hmm. I don't believe that you can do that mm-hmm. while having these vices in your life. Yeah. Because these are, these are the short-term uh, detour chasing the fulfillment because fulfillment is hard yeah it's like it's sacrificial it's i'm getting out of my own way and i'm doing things for the service of other people Mm. i'm frank rich is here to make the rest of the world a better place and if i succeed in doing that i will have the most amazing life
1: right right
0: but i think the guys that you're maybe speaking to are like they're still living in the egocentric phase of like I am here for myself and nobody else.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And, yeah. And, and and I don't actually know that there's a way for a guy to get there without a wake-up. Like, and it could be a spiritual awakening, it could be red pill, blue, whatever it is. Like, there's different terminology around it. But I think there's gotta be a point, dude. I've had I've had multiple podcast episodes with guys that have sold their companies. 20, 50 million dollars. They're sitting on the beach, six months, drinking Mai Tai, smoking cigars, having sex with all the beautiful women. And then something hits them they're like you know what there's so much more to life than chasing all this meaningful stuff so coming back to the definition of living a superhuman life you're here for a purpose and that purpose is actually somewhat revolved around making the world a better place for everybody else uh, yeah and if that is the aim in life then no you can't have these other things over here because it's going to prevent you from really embracing y- 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 your Divine creation of how God made you, right? So yeah, I think I think the, the question would be back to that guy: is What are you shooting at? Are you shooting at just a lot of money in the bank? Go do it, man. And then when you get there, let's have another conversation because I'm going to yeah. tell you that there's probably going to be a lot more that you want. Right. And
1: you know, you saying all of that and like, I, like, what were what I'm passionate about? What one of the, one of the main things that I'm passionate about doing is redefining the the foundation of men's culture because it's yeah. really ingrained in our culture to to chase those kinds of things it's not it's not necessarily ingrained in our culture to chase fulfillment to chase brotherhood to chase collaboration right it's not it's not in our nature like growing up for me it would be way more e- it, it's way or growing up it was way easier for me to say to another dude, like, fuck you, but not like, I love you. And that's like most, that's most men. And just that, just that mentality carries over into so many of the things that we do. We look at competition before we look at collaboration. That's one of the things we said. We look at just seeming to be financially um, stable opposed to actually doing the hard things that make us financially stable to look like, you know, attract all different kinds of women, but not do the necessary work to like on an episode that we just recorded recently become a good husband before you even are married. Like these are not Mm. the the things that are ingrained in men's culture. And I don't even, I, I don't know where we got lost. Like, I don't know when, who designed kind of like the blueprint for what we're going to you know how we're going to navigate throughout society but one of the things again that I'm passionate about kind of doing with this podcast platform is change that foundation of the of men's culture because I think it's so important that we can get these understandings that you know and and just change kind of the way that we navigate through society and the things that we strive for as men
0: yeah man this is such a great conversation man and it's one that I would probably say my my thoughts and opinions have really evolved over the last three four months or so. You know, um, you know, I don't know how how deep down a rabbit hole you want to go here, but um, I think if you look at the, the the world today, you would say that there's an attack on men. There's an attack on masculinity, right? You would you you, you would agree. So if there is an an attack taking place, right? I don't think it's by accident we have to ask ourselves, like, is there an agenda to demasculate men in the West or specifically in the US? And, and I think I believe yes. And we can point back, you know, 40, 50, 60 years ago, there's some books written on this. Um, there's been some great documentaries shot on it as well, that there has been a clear in a, in an intentional agenda to demasculate the men, the men of the West. Well, how do you do that? You remove the things that create masculinity. You remove brotherhood from society. You remove service-based thinking from society. Like it's it's not that men became demasculated in the byproduct is lack of brotherhood, lack of meaning, lack of purpose. It's no. We stopped telling men that those were the important things for 40, 50, 60 years, and now we have a generation of 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 young men that were born not taught these things and we can even talk about the removal of the father out of the home right you know i think if you go back 60 years ago i think in the 40s or 50s the the birth rate of of children to single mothers was four percent four four percent of all children like 60 years ago were born to a single mother okay now it's over 40. wow okay so you have 40% of all children being born into this, into this country without a father in the home. Well, who the hell teaches boys to become men, hmm. not women. Yeah, yeah. So we have a crisis of lacking male initiation, lacking fathers in the home, lacking like the foundational things that were taught. I was taught growing up, yes, you compete, but you play with respect, right? Like as an athlete growing up every single time I got on the field I wanted to kick that team's ass and I was taught from a very young age but then when we were done we walked across the field we locked arms we 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 shook we hugged we did whatever but there was a competitive with a layer of respect on top of that but now there's now there's a uh, now there's a culture right where you're a winner just for showing up yeah participation trophies and then if you don't like it, you just leave. You know what I mean? So I think a lot of this has been conditioned into us. So take guys like yourself. It takes conversations like this to remove that hatchet, right, and start to raise awareness. But eventually, we're all gonna have to wake up and be like, "Hey, the shit that I was I was taught when I was when I was younger, that's not right. How do I how do I bring these things into my life?" So I don't think it's I don't think it's we've created this by asking. I think that this has been removed from us, and now what we're seeing is we're seeing the crisis in young men all around the world.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And like, it's crazy because so the attack on masculinity, right, if you like the word that's or the words or the phrase that's coming to my mind is like toxic masculinity, right, which I hate. I don't ever, I don't ever, (laughs) I don't use that though, that phrase, it's annoying to me because there is no conversation about the opposite of that, right? There is only talk about toxic masculinity and what, what, what that creates is the idea in men that being masculine is toxic. Like that is the idea that is created from the idea of toxic masculinity because there's not enough conversation around what is the necessary masculinity because masculinity is absolutely necessary.
0: What's the opposite of toxic? Like it's it's the absolute opposite of, of toxic. You can't, right. the words don't, the words don't mesh together. They actually contradict each other. Right. Masculinity is Frame, structure, respect, loyalty, integrity, honor—like n- nothing about any of that is toxic. And here's the thing: is anybody that's screaming about toxic masculinity, if shit hits the fan, who are you looking for? You're looking for the masculine man in the room.
1: Fact, <laughs> that's a fact. Like three women,
0: three women are sitting around at the tea shop, right? They're blue hair, whatever. They're screaming about toxic masculinity. Somebody, somebody, you know, runs through the door to rob that tea shop. They're Instantly looking for the most masculine man in that place to protect them.
1: Uh, Yeah, like, bro, and and, and, and it's it's so ridiculous to me because like you said, it's those people who you will literally see, look, search out and seek out the most masculine man. Because here's the thing, like, again, like what we said, masculine men are absolutely necessary, like absolutely necessary, but we're seeing a decline of masculine men there's not as many masculine men as there needs to be because and i said this in a different podcast again a lot of men are thinking like it's it's negative to be masculine right they i said in the podcast before they think that they're being nice by being i've used the word soft but not masculine right they think that they're being nice because being being masculine to them is being a little bit too intrusive and they don't want to they don't want to bother anybody they don't want to be the type of dude who will i don't know hold up traffic if something if 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 necessary or to you know whatever it is to be that outlier and you know what i'm saying and and do what is necessary because they don't want to be an outlier in society they just rather be nice and let everybody kind of
0: Cold. Yeah, man. But here's the thing, man, is like, I'm going to piss a lot of people off, probably, and I hope I do, right? Um, those same guys that are going to complain about that are the same ones that are complaining about not being where they want in their life. I've never had anybody point to me and say, Frank, you're too masculine. But you know what I did earlier today? Literally, earlier today, I'm at the gym. There's two high school kids benching 250, like string beat. They're probably 140 soaking wet, both of them. No right to be holding that weight. I look over, i on the preacher curl. Literally, the kid dropped like he's choking on 220, 250. Like, And the and the kid spotting him couldn't pick it up. I pushed the kid, said, get out of here. You're making this worse. Picked the weight up, told the kid to move. Like, Those kids would probably tell you, yeah, we shouldn't be masculine. But you know who came and saved their ass today? The most masculine man in the gym. So the guys that are out there saying, I don't want to be masculine and like, society is going to be against me. Well, hey, If the world's not lining up the way that you want it, if your reality isn't actually what you want it to be, then maybe try this masculine shit. Because you know what? The masculine guys that I know are winning in life right now.
1: Yeah, yeah, bro. That's a, oh my gosh, that's a fact. And so like the other, so like what I was speaking about, and I want to dive more into it now that, you know, we're having this conversation, is that the world, just generally speaking, besides just the toxic quote unquote, toxic masculinity that people complain about. And there's a million things that people will complain about, right? The world, just generally speaking, if you ask anybody, if the world is is running at optimal functionality, just like across the whole world, nobody's going to tell you yes. Like for the most part, people are not going to, you ask the average person, they're going to be like, no, they got a million things that they can complain about, right? And so the masculine, the masculinity that is so absolutely necessary is one of the things that are, needed to combat all of the other things that people are complaining about. It is it is 100% necessary to combat the millions of things that, you know, the females in the coffee shop are complaining about, the dude in his car is complaining about on, on the phone with his other friend. Like like the masculinity is is necessary just like that same scenario that you were talking about at the gym. If you were not there, who knows what could have happened, yeah. right? And there's so many spaces and it's crazy to think about, there's so many spaces where there is no masculine man. There's so many spaces where there is no masculine man. And what that results in is you see things like young men killing one another, right? You think that that like people who are against masculinity, like you think that's cool. Like you think that people who might've grown up without fathers are, you know, walking around with no sort of guidance with no sort of clarity on how to be an actual man and it results in these kinds of things. the people who struggle with the porn addiction because they haven't had anybody to talk to them about these things escalates and escalates and escalates and you know this is gonna be this is gonna be crazy, but you have people like ripping children. like things like that and these 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 heinous crimes and activities that happen, they're happening amongst men. These are men doing these things and I don't think people realize that that is because there's an absence of masculinity. like these heinous crimes, are on the other side of masculinity the complete opposite that's because we don't have enough masculinity and so i just want to throw that in because it's just it's it's just baffling to me our our perception of masculinity how many men are opposed to it whether they don't say it, whether even if they don't say it verbally you can just tell by the way they move that you you oppose masculinity bro like you can just i can just tell by how you're carrying yourself by the fact that you're not intentional about Making sure that you go to the gym every day that you read that you focus on, you know, diminishing the ego and doing all these things to develop yourself. I'm like, you are opposing masculinity, you are not currently moving as one of the brothers that we so desperately need to help win this war that we are waging, as I say, you know, in the beginning of the, the intro on the podcast.
0: Yeah, man. And, you know, it's, it's it's almost like this conversation where we're interchangeably using masculinity with fatherhood um and i think that can be good right because you know the accents that you're kind of speaking to right with the mental health crisis the, the 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 young suicides you know the killing of each other especially in the inner cities right like that's all stemming from lack of you know masculine but it's really rooted in lack of of fathers in the home. You know, I think 80% of prison inmates, right, come from fatherless homes. Um, you know, we can look at, you know, the rise of of, 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 of drug addiction, right? So yeah, a lot of this is, is rooted in the lack of masculinity, but probably the quickest way for to solve the problem is making the family, right, the third pillar of what I talked about at the beginning, making the family the priority. Um, and there's a lot that, that, that young men can do, right? Like for one, like stop having casual premarital sex as, as, as often as you can, if you can't provide for the family, like you shouldn't be sleeping with a woman. Like that's a strong belief that I hold that probably 15 years ago when I probably five years ago, I wouldn't have held that same belief, but if men can rise up if men could understand, Hey, like I'm here to become the absolute best version of who I am now. Yes, you need that foundation. And I think it starts with the father in the home, but yeah, dude, what we're what we're speaking on is, is 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 so key.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's so it's interesting. So, one of the ideas that I've had around masculinity has developed through having conversations with people like yourself on the podcast. And one of the things that I've really kind of noticed is that masculine men are able to create spaces. And what I mean by creating spaces, I mean I mean it in so many different senses. But one of the conversations that were first kind of came to my mind is we were talking about the power of vulnerability on one of the episodes right and we were talking about how men are afraid to be vulnerable because that's looked at as being weak that's looked at as being soft so they don't lean into vulnerability to actually learn the things that they have to learn and make the connections that they have to make and do all of that right that's a whole different conversation but there from that conversation we kind of began to speak about how not being vulnerable not being vulnerable, is also, is also kind of keeping you from saying the things that need to be said, right? Because once you then start saying something that needs to be said, you are vulnerable to whatever comes after that, right? You speak your mind, then you have to be strong enough to like stand by the words that you say, right? Like both of us, what we're saying on the podcast, we're throwing out a lot of things that we strongly believe in. And I guarantee if anybody comes up on this podcast and tries to- come like come at us for any of the opinions that we're having we're going to be strong enough to defend what we say but a lot of people they might not be you know in the place where they feel like they're strong enough to defend the things that they say or whatever and so because of that they don't say the things that need to be said and because of that then all types of conversation can happen in your space and That could make the people around you feel uncomfortable, whether it's, you know, a good friend of yours or your spouse or whatever, right? You don't want to be the kind of man who somebody can just come up in your space, whether it's your house or just your vicinity and just say whatever they want to say around your kids, around your wife, around even your friends or whoever it is, just say whatever they want to say and do a bunch of things that don't align with your core values or anything like that. But you're not being the man that you need to be. You're not being strong enough to like be like, chill out with that bro or it doesn't even have to be anything crazy but just speak your mind and say yo this can't continue right and i think that that's also a key part of masculinity being able to insert yourself where necessary and do it unapologetically like that's a another key thing that i think masculinity really brings
0: yeah man vulnerability changed my life dude and I don't, I don't see vulnerability probably in the same lens that, that most people do. Like, vulnerability isn't a weakness. Vulnerability isn't the acceptance of there's a problem that you can't fix. When I say vulnerability changed my life, it's in 2019. I actually went to the people that cared about me in my life and said, hey, this image of Frank that I've been building and projecting to the world actually doesn't have everything figured out. I've been dealing with some demons in my life. There's been some issues that I haven't had full control over but I'm done with that, and I'm creating this new life moving forward. I was on a podcast recently. I, I flew up to Atlanta um, and did an in-person, uh, one of these amazing conversations. And I shared something there where it's like men, sometimes they're afraid to go to their wives or their, their women in their life and, and share their problems. And that's true. The women don't want to hear about all the problems in your in your life unless you're coming with problems plus solutions. So I think vulnerability needs to be reframed of saying, Hey, I'm not perfect. Like there's been one perfect human being that walked the earth. So to project your, your image as a man that you have all the shit figured out, people know that you're a fraud, but what they're open to hearing is saying, Hey, I've actually recognized these are the areas in my life that I'm lacking. And this is what I'm doing to change it. Hey, I'm, I realized that I'm the fat, lazy piece of shit. So I hired a fitness coach. I downloaded the training app i signed up for the gym i'm waking up at five o'clock in the morning to make sure that i get there that's vulnerability but just saying ah you know what i'm fat it's the world's problem that did it to me that's weakness and i think too many people look at them as the same thing yeah so as men if we could start by surrounding ourselves with other strong men that are also vulnerable like i'm a part of a few different men's groups right and these are incredibly successful guys like business owners, entrepreneurs, doctors, lawyers, real estate executives, all like a, a collection of guys. But every week we all get together and say, hey, you know what, man? Earlier today I was, I was dealing with some stress at work and I and I lashed out at somebody. Like, But I took care of it and now I'm solving it and I'm processing it with, with a group of guys. But if we don't talk about the things that are going on in, in, in the life, this is the guy that, you know, you see him for six months, right? You know, we all maybe we haven't all had somebody that's taken their life, but you've seen these stories online, right, where there's been this guy that it's like, you ask him how he's doing, you know, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. Right. That guy, six months down the road, takes his life, right? Yeah. Because what he was doing is every time when somebody asked him what was going on and are you doing okay, he lied to them. But more importantly, he lied to himself. Mm. So what ended up happening in that man's subconscious mind is the person that he began to see was nothing more than a liar. Mm. So he deteriorated the relationship that he held with himself.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we we went in a in a direction that like I I, I enjoy more than what I had planned. So I'm kind of just throwing the thing that I had planned out the window and I'm, I'm keeping this going right here. So what is like let's talk about and this could be one of the last things that we talk about let's talk about that relationship with self like that is one of the most important things when it comes to personal development when it comes to so many different things but especially in the realm of personal development and i think that that's one of the factors that separates the men who i truly trust and who i truly know are going to be successful in whatever they put their mind to who if they're not already successful like that is one of the things that like i look at first in men just period that relationship with self because i know that if your relationship with yourself is that number one thing on your mind it doesn't matter who you're around whether you're around people whether you're by yourself the things that i know are true to you your core values i know you're going to walk firmly in those regardless of who's around. So the things that you say to me is like, cool, like I hear what you're saying, but they won't be taken as seriously as the person who is like, has that great relationship with themselves. Like, I don't, I'm not letting myself down. Like, I'm not letting myself down because then I know that it's way more serious. I know that that person, he's going to be successful. He's winning at life or he's going to win at life. So let's let's just briefly talk about Building that relationship with self. What's the importance of it? How do we begin to build a better relationship with ourselves? Like, let's just talk about that for a while.
0: Yeah, man. I think it's the most important relationship, right? Because you're in a marriage, right? You know, you see your wife, you know, in the morning for an hour, you see her at dinner, you know, you maybe spend, you know, date night with her and you spend some hours with her on the weekend. Collectively, maybe you spend 12, 14 hours a week with her. You spend you know, a fair amount of time with your kids as well. You spend a lot of time with people, your coworkers, those relationships. You spend 24 hours a day with yourself and you will spend those 24 hours with your day, with yourself for every day for the remainder, of your life so it is the most important relationship most people don't actually see it though as a relationship they just accept it as I'm here and there's actually I do believe that there are two two parts of us right like there's 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 a the biology component our body is here to survive and then there's our mind or there's our spirit which is kind of at an elevated state but I believe it's the most important and here's I love this conversation because I think I have some some differing views On the concept of self-love, like you look in the personal development, self-help world, online space right now, everybody's about self-love. Love -love yourself for who you are. Bullshit. No, if you're not actually who you're meant to be, if you're not who God intended you to be, love yourself. But any parent knows that the greatest form of love is discipline and structure for their children. Right? Why do we?
1: I want to interject really quickly, just because you spoke on that, because that is one of the. That is one of the things that gets me, oh my God. So that self-love thing that gets spoken about online and everything, it is, it is, what it really is, is like, I am not doing the things that I am supposed to be doing, right? I'm not doing the things that I'm supposed to be doing. I'm not living the life that I want to live, but that's okay. I'm going to love myself anyways. That is what the self-love thing is. And it's not even like love myself anyways in that sense, but it's like, I'm going to accept this, and like you know, I'm not I'm not interested in changing it necessarily, or I'm going to make it seem like this is okay. Like where I'm at right now, I'm gonna live in the delusion like this is okay. And I think that that delusion right there is what has what has translated into that self love thing that we see, opposed to putting the love around. Yes, I love myself unconditionally, but I know the state that I'm in right now is not where I want to be. Like, like that's not where I want to be. Let's make change. Like let's make change happen. I think self-love has been associated with being stagnant at this point.
0: Yeah. So. Well well it enables it enables victimhood. It enables uh mediocrity. And then once again you can post it online and social and you get a lot of likes and pats and, and and that'll make you feel good about the things that you're sharing. But getting back to you know anybody that's a parent understands that the greatest form of of, of love for your children is discipline and structure. Maybe you're not a parent, but maybe you've had a pet. Like you love your pet, but you put structure and discipline into their life because you love them and you want to protect them. Well, if you love yourself and you want to protect yourself and you want to enable yourself to become your highest potential, shouldn't there be some discipline and structure in your life? And here's the thing, most people that are lacking self-love in reality are lacking self-confidence. Like, they don't believe in themselves enough to go do the things that they actually want to do, so they stay bottled up in the shell of a life in a mediocre existence and live in a virtual world. Well, confidence is built and kept by keeping the promises that you make to yourself. Here's the thing, you're spending 24 hours a day with yourself. I could, like, if you and I were, were, if we were buddies outside of this, and you're like, hey Frank, I need you to do this thing. I say, yeah, you know what? I'm gonna get it done, but we may not actually have another conversation. You may you may think that I actually did it, and you would never know. So, you, so your perception of me is gonna be like, yeah, Frank's a good guy. He he does the things he says he's gonna do. But if I say that I'm gonna do something and then I don't actually go do it, you know who knows that I didn't go do it? I did. Right. And then over time, if that's the reputation that I hold with myself, that you know what? I'm gonna wake up at six o'clock in the morning. I'm not gonna hit snooze. But the minute that snooze uh, button I I snap it right, or I say, you know what, I'm going to go to the gym today. But after work, it's long, stressful. There's a lot of traffic. I drive right by the gym, and I say, you know what, I'm not going to eat. You know, I'm not going to eat. You know, dessert after dinner because I'm going to stick to my meal plan today. But then, you know, it's like late night. It's like, you know what, one cookie is not going to be too bad. And I kind of sneak into the pantry, pretending like somebody's at the house. I know when I'm by myself, and I eat it. Like, you know, I'm, I'm trying to hide it from somebody. I'm trying to hide it from myself. But the thing is, I can't. I know that I did the thing that I said I wasn't going to do. And if I build enough of a track record of doing that, over time, that becomes who I see myself as. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And then because so much of our life has operated subconsciously, 90, they say 95% of our life is driven by decisions that operate on the subconscious level. That subconscious is only operating with the reputation that we hold with ourselves. Its job is to make our reality match what we believe about ourselves. Mm-hmm. So if my subconscious has literally a track record of everything I say, I do, I don't do, I hit snooze, I skip the gym, I eat the cookies, I watch the pornography, I cheat on the wife, I send a DM to the girl, I have the Snapchat account even though I'm not supposed to. Whatever it is that these things that we say we don't wanna do but we actually go do, if our track record is that, then over time, this is where self-sabotage comes in. This is literally how self-sabotage happens because the reputation that you hold with yourself is subpar of who you know you can be. So your mind is gonna say, you know what, we need to make that man's life match what he believes about himself. Mm -hmm. And that's how you catch yourself doing things. And you're like, how did I even get here? That is what self-sabotage is. And that's how it happens.
1: Wow. That's incredible. I didn't even, I didn't even think about that, but that is, that is really incredible. And what it makes me think about is what is the exact opposite of that. Right now, let's talk about the person who has committed to everything that he said he was going to do. He has you know, avoided the dessert. He went to the gym, even though it was hard. He did every single thing. He kept every single promise to himself. What is that man's life like?
0: He's unbreakable, Mm. right? He, He can't be stopped. Whatever he sets out to do, given enough time, will happen. That's living a superhuman life. If we want to tie it back all together and put a bow in this conversation, that is living a superhuman life is understanding that life is going to come with struggles, with trials, with tra- challenges, with tribulations. There's going to be difficulty. And if and if you want it easy, like there's no there's no meaning in in easy, like in an easy life, like you got to have the contrast of, of, of back and forth. But the guy that does everything he says he's going to do is unstoppable. Mm-hmm. Granted, he's got enough time, enough resources and de- de- develop the skills, right? Because success in the world is going to be dictated by your skills. So do you have the skills to do the thing that you want to do? And those are attainable. Like, if you lack skills, go acquire them, whatever it is. Your belief system, do you believe that you can accomplish the thing that you want to do? And a lot of that's driven subconsciously and then the character. Like, are you actually the person that will execute one of the skills and follow through in the belief system? And that recipe, like, in my opinion, can't be stopped. Mm-hmm.
1: I love it. I think that that. That ties the whole conversation back around, or ties it together, full circle. I think that that is because we could obviously talk on these things for hours and hours on end. So. Dude, you can tell the passion about this, bro. I could go all day on this, man. This has been, this has been. I didn't
0: know, where, I didn't know what we were getting into today, man. But this has been. I really enjoyed this, man. I, 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 I really love your insight and just, just where you're at, man. And I'm a big fan of what's, what's happening here. So I appreciate it, bro. I
1: appreciate it. And yo, again, such an honor to have you here. Before we conclude, just leave a few places for the audience to uh, where they can check you out, where they can hear some more of your messages, where they can see some of the work that you're doing. You can tell it here, and I'll also leave it in the description for them to check out.
0: Yeah, Um, you know, anybody that's that's a fan of these long form type of conversations, you know, search the superhuman life, superhuman is two words. Um, You can find us on any platform out there. You know, we drop an episode every single week, Uh, over 215 episodes in the bank. So a lot of stuff to really dive into. Um, if you want to connect with me, best place that I'm most active on is going to be Instagram. Uh, you can find that at Coach Frank Rich. Um, if you have questions about some of the work that we do, uh, and if you're struggling with anything in life, shoot me a DM and I'll get back to you. But yeah, check out the podcast or find me on Instagram, best future places. Sir, we got you. So I'll leave
1: all of that in the description. Frank, again, such an honor, brother, to have you on this podcast. That was a powerful conversation, really thoroughly enjoyed it. So that will conclude today's episode and i'll see you guys all next week peace peace family thanks for listening to another episode of the podcast the art of kings team is constantly working to create the best episodes and content for you guys so that we can further our mission and impact as many of our brothers as possible however we cannot do this alone so we ask three things of the amazing community that will help us slowly but surely change the world firstly we ask that you engage with the content our official instagram is at underscore art of kings underscore Be sure to comment your thoughts on topics, share posts you find insightful, and of course, stay up to date on all of the latest news. Next, we ask that you share this podcast directly with one person that you feel could upgrade their life by joining our family. This is the most effective way to help build our community and give value to somebody you care for. Finally, we ask that you take action. Actually apply something that you heard on the podcast to your life today. The execution of knowledge is power, and we love to see the community win big. With all that being said, I hope you enjoyed today's episode, and we'll see you next week. Peace.